Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. January 28th, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we are off Indianapolis. Three rounds starting this weekend. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Three rounds down. 17 more to go, it seems like. 38 more to go. Now, it'll be uh, it'll be gold. It's fast and quick. It's fun to watch. What's going to happen? Is Webb going to keep it going? What's the dirt going to be like this weekend? Yeah, lots of things to talk about when it comes to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show today. 702-586-PULP. 702-586-7857. If you want to talk about Indianapolis or anything that's on your mind, give us a call, why don't you? We are giving away a Fly Racing stand today from those guys, so a podium stand for your uh, motorcycle. So thanks to those guys for making it happen. Fly Racing's their 2021 line has been improved and expanded offering the industry's widest range of moto and off-road products led by the Formula Helmet featuring Rion technology. Fly Racing has taken big steps forward with the all-new light pant and Zone Pro goggle. Brayton's wearing the Zone Pro goggle this year, and he podiumed at Houston too. So, yeah, can't be so bad, right? Flyracing.com, fearless pursuit from those guys over there. And uh, thanks to Maxis Tires, get FMF Vision Pro Taper all on board with us uh, today and all year long. We have Charles Caslew coming up from 100%, and we also have Jason Thomas as well. So 702-586-7857 if you want to uh, chat about the races or talk about what happened uh, over there in, in Houston and uh, what you think is going to go on in Indianapolis. It's weird because I wrote my column this week on RacerX Online, and I kind of I didn't, I didn't bag on Eli Tomac, but I know he won a race, so that's good. But, man, it was uh, – wasn't super, super uh, impressive by him. And he won a race. So I'm going to talk to JT and Castle about that a little bit. Uh, taking your calls, holding things down over there, working on my mountain bike right before the show. My new one, my new intense taser. The Tits Ledger. Tits, what's up? Hey, Steve. Glad to be here. Glad to be working on my mountain bikes? You know, uh, always. You know, yep. you know, Talon and Marks, not once have they ever said, hey, man, how's your mountain bikes doing? I told you th- there's a prestige of being your mountain bike mechanic. You used to be a factory mechanic, and then I get to do this for you. Right. It has a a certain a cachet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm this factory mechanic's factory mechanic. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yep. Uh, podium stand today from Fly Racing. Yes. Yeah. A- any color they want. Oh, nice. Perfect. Okay. Uh, coming up with Caslu and uh, Jason Thomas, FMF Vision. A unique optics brand created in partnership with the brilliant minds who brought you 100%. A full range of goggles to meet every rider's needs. Film systems, sand goggles over the glasses, youth models, and more. 
Go to at FMF Vision on Instagram or upgrade your uh, uh, goggle arsenal with the power of FMF Vision. Why don't you? Uh, check that out and uh, go to FMFRacing.com and look at that. So Savachi and Bogle and Zach Osborne and the uh, Phoenix Racing guys are all in FMF goggles. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting to see that and FMF make their mark on that. We're going to ask Castlew about it too as well and uh, see what he's got to say about it. We've got the, a lot of phone calls still uh, going on, but let's get to uh, number one. It's Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? Uh, not much. Just uh, always make time for the Moto 60 show at work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Uh, so, yeah, our bad to all the bosses out there. So. Uh, I'm my own boss, so it's all good. Oh, perfect. Okay. What's <laughs> up, man? Uh, my question is, is uh, we both, or we all know Forkner is a phenomenal rider. He I mean, he's fast and stuff, but do you yep. think he's in jeopardy next year for teams or anything? Is he going to have like a, a March Banks moment? Not that, you know, March Banks was on the same level as him, but with this crash this year, like, what do you think is in store for him next next year? No, nah, man, he's, he's, he's better than March Banks. He's elite, right? He's very, yeah. very good. Like, he's going to get that collarbone plated. He'll be back in, like, two or three weeks. And, and like, yeah, he could win the outdoor title, right? So, mm-hmm. dude, look at AC, right? AC, same idea, a lot of race wins, no championships until the final year in 250s. Um, no, I think that Cowie just and, and Pro Circuit, they, they are not letting Forkner go. They will keep signing him. And uh, he will keep going after this thing, and and maybe it gets, maybe he doesn't get it done. Maybe he turns into AC, but dude, he's mm-hmm. he's that good that you know they'll keep it. Yeah, going. he's he's yep. phenomenal. I mean, I I still remember seeing him uh, watered up at Washougal a few years ago off the right up uh, horsepower hill, and it's yeah. just like, oh man. You yeah, know? no, I, I think you know he's got to be frustrated. Cowie's got to be frustrated, but they are not going to give up on him. No way. You know, it's not a not a marchback situation at all. So uh, yeah, he'll keep it going, but he. He said, this is my last year in 250s. I'm going to 450s uh, next year. And, uh, yeah, he'll, we'll see you in 250s, Austin. So uh, that's what yeah. I think. Also, um, the show on Monday with Davey, that was so cool. Uh, it was it was good to hear from Davey. Like, it's been so long right. since I even remember. <laughs> like, I totally forgot about him, but that was yeah. so cool, like, he, hearing everything. So kudos of, to you guys. Yeah, lots of good feedback from him. Tons of good feedback from him uh, coming in and, and all that. People really enjoyed it. So we're going to try to get him back in at some point. So sweet awesome thanks for the call man all right all right thank you thank you uh talking about the folks at 100 percent that are partnered up with the fmf vision guys on this show uh he's a he's been a co-host on the pulp mech show a few times good buddy of mine charles castle what's up man how are you good steve thanks for having me thanks for coming on uh quickly that last call uh i don't know if you heard it at all but you know forkner crashed out again and, and do you agree with me what i was saying i mean he's just elite he'll he'll they'll keep rolling them out there, Cowie and Pro Circuit, uh, as long as he wants to stay there, of course, uh, to win this championship. Yeah, I don't think Pro Circuit's willing to let him go, right? Like, as soon as he heals up and he starts running at the front again, everybody has pretty short-term memory, and he goes right back to, oh, Forkner's a title contender and a championship guy. Now, his want to move up to the 450 class next year, I think that's probably out the window. Yeah. Um, unless he does some sort of crazy domination in outdoors, which still I think that, that window is pretty small to, to move up this quickly, but without a Supercross title, but right. we'll see. Well, I think same for as sure a- people aren't giving up on him. Right. I, same as AC, right? He never got it done indoors. And he won yeah. that outdoor title, which ever, caught everyone by surprise. Um, and then he moved up. Like, I, First of all, Tomac and AC aren't going anywhere, so there's no path for Forkner to, go, to stay in the Kawasaki family, which they want, and I imagine he would want. So yeah, I don't think uh, 
you know, I don't think it'll work out that way uh, to go to four for these next year, even if he were to win outdoors this year. Having said that, I agree. Chuck, yeah. he can win outdoors this year, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, why couldn't he? I mean, he's he's one of the fastest guys that rides a, a 250. He just has trouble holding it together. And unfortunately for us, we don't get to see him a lot in outdoors because he keeps getting hurt in Supercross. Yeah, yeah. But, for us to know sort of how he stacks up outdoors. Yeah, I put him – look, I'm not a fan of his st- social stuff and all that and, you know, whatever. Who cares? Like, that's just me. I don't – none of that matters. He's elite speed and talent, mm-hmm. and he will keep rolling it out there and have many, many people signing him if Pro Circuit of Kawasaki ever let him go. And do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For all sure. right. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Um, okay, so uh, – the partnership between you guys and FMF Vision. I, I got to say, I I heard Osborne was switching goggles in the offseason, and I didn't even follow up with him or anybody. I just assumed that it was going to be that Zone Pro goggle that Brayton's in from the folks at Fly because they were making a big push for that. And then I heard FMF, and I'm like, what? And then uh, it made more sense once I understood that they partnered up with you guys. Uh, take us through that 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 uh, partnership through your eyes through 100% eyes and how's it going and obviously coming out with Osborne and the uh Savachi Bogle team uh pretty strong uh pretty strong debut for them yeah so i guess starting from our side it's um this makes sense because it's fmf right like it doesn't it doesn't make sense with a lot of different brands within the industry so um it it makes sense because it's two sort of you know iconic historic motocross brands from um you know they've been around since you know, 70s in their case and 80s and 100 percent case and um you know we've worked together with fmf on lots of different projects and things over the years like mm-hmm. you know we have a there's a semi-trailer that goes to all the outdoor nationals of the vending truck that's fmf and 100 percent and you know we both sponsor the outdoors and gncc's and all these different things together and have a sort of mutual respect for each other's brands um you know, the way they're positioned and marketing and, and sort of the vision and um, the effort to, to be on the front side of technology and all those things that I think SMF and 100% are sort of um, synonymous with. And so I think there's a lot of um, similarities there, and, yep. and it made sense. And the conversation started going, and it snowballed pretty damn quickly, if I'm being honest, yeah. <laughs> um, from, from sort of uh, an idea to – yeah, let's do this to here's a full line to pre-booking it with distributors around the, the, the world um, to delivering it uh, in January, the week of Houston one and signing riders all within the middle there that had to be done sort of different than normal, right? Because right, right, we were right, trying to right. not let the cat out of the bag. And, you know, there's first right of refusals where riders have to show um, current deals, uh, contracts and things. So if it was a, you know, and if mass goggle contract, it would let the cat out of the bag to our competitors. And so there's a lot of behind the scenes yep. extra effort and work on this project that uh, yeah. um, it's nice to, for it to get out in, in the world. Yeah. No. Okay, cool. That's uh, that's good. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, Osborne, uh, great rider to debut this with. Really, really right. good. Really yeah, good and that, was, that was a huge key. And, and you know, that was, he was pretty early on in the discussions with the brand and, um, making that happen. But I think until the ink was signed, we were all a little, you know, reluctant to believe that the 450 champ was going to leave the brand he was with and 
come to something new. I think that's a key important part of what 100% brings to the relationship is the, you know, the validity with the product that the product's going to be good and mm-hmm. the yeah. the race race support and service is going to be top notch. Um, so that's sort of how we're able to get you know guys like Osborne or the team like the Rocky Mountain right. ATV KTM team things like that because it isn't like there's not going to be this period of testing and trying to understand right, what right. a goggle guy needs to do and all that stuff. So um, it was a little bit plug and play from that side, which was, which was good. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Um, so Houston three rounds, um, you know, you, uh, you follow the sport closely, you watched them all. You, uh, you, you got the, uh, the hotline to a lot of inside gossip uh, going on in the pits and with the teams and everything else. Um, I guess, let, Hey, first of all, when it comes to you, let's talk Joey Savacci. Uh, he's a buddy of yours. Yeah. Uh, you're tight with him. Um, Really crappy year last year with the injury and everything else, and he was fantastic on the Cowie. Um, what'd you think of his first three? Uh, obviously, some good, some bad, but I told him I thought it was pretty good start, and he didn't really agree with me. You know, Joey, he's pretty negative, kind of hard on himself, right? Uh, but but yeah, what what's, yeah. your, what's your take on that? You know, I because I know his potential and I I, I know what he should be doing i i think it's not necessarily great either okay um but it's fine i mean the the flip side what's the alternative here right like being injured and not racing or not having a ride yeah i think he's making steps in the right direction so talking to him i i would say don't be too hard on yourself let's let's stack some blocks here of healthy races completed here um because last year wasn't good and it's been a while since he had that success on cowie um so to, to get back to that's difficult, especially in this field. I mean, he's finishing, you know, right around other factory guys. It's not like he's off the back battling with, right? you know, guys he shouldn't be battling with, right? Like he, he's sort of where he belongs today, but I think I would agree with him, and that's not where he belongs long-term. But the problem is the guys he would have to jump in front of are pretty damn good factory race-winning, championship-winning guys. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's hard, it, you know, I mean, uh, it's it's crazy because Brayton goes and gets uh, third at Houston two, and then he's tenth uh, right. at, at Houston three because he doesn't get a start, right? And he rides around in tenth, yep. and, and you know that's where we're at. That's that's what yeah, that's Brandis goes from yeah second to twelfth, right? You know, it's like it's all dependent on starts, and Joey historically is really good at starts. Yeah, um, he just hasn't got him yet um, on the, the KTM, so. Right. We'll see. He'll figure it out, and he'll hopefully he can stay healthy, and he'll keep marching towards the front. The kid is—he's so talented and and so driven off sort of um, like momentum, right? Like he gets a couple starts and runs up front a little bit. Like he starts up front, he's going to stay up front, you know, until he crashes or finishes, right? So, yeah. yep. um, I think he's a couple starts away from turning things around. But that could be said for the other. 13 yeah. people in front of him in the points as well. So. Right, right. And, and, you know, he crashed at Houston, too, and DNF'd, right, and hit his head. And, and yeah. so, like, yeah, like, it, it hasn't been all uh, all roses for him. But it's it's he's got, yeah. like you said, uh, stack the blocks. That's what he's got to do. Yep. Uh, um, so, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to to watch this series unfold. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by FMF Vision, Maxis, Pro Taper, and the folks at uh, Get and Athena as well. So uh, we're going to weigh a Fly Racing podium stand. Uh, Charles Castle on the line. Um, so I wrote, it's weird. I, I started off the top of the, of the show, Charles. Like, Tomac won the second round, right? Uh, Osborne was catching him, went down. Ferrandis was catching him, ran out of time. He Barsha got a broke his shift lever. 
Uh, Kenny was just so-so. And so he's, you know, got to win. And, you know, he is uh, – uh, hold on. He, I got it in front of me here. He is six fourth, points back. Yeah, four, six points back, right? Um, but, dude, I don't know. It just – Again, I didn't want to shit on the guy in my column, but it's so bizarre to be like, eh, Barsha got by him at Houston 3, fell in the sand, got up, got by him again, put two and a half seconds on him. Like, am I I off here on my take on Eli Tomek? No, it's difficult because you look at it and you go. (laughs) It's difficult. It's like, he has a win, right? But then he followed it up with a a fifth. So then, like... Narrowly looking at Eli Tomac with a number one plate, you think he should be winning or up front in the mix to win every race, right? But looking back at Eli Tomac's history, this is kind of what he does. Like, yeah. the races that he dominates and he wins, he, he usually dominates and is really good. Although the Houston 2, I don't think he was crazy dominant. No, remember, he, right? wasn't. But, he wasn't. He um, wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, we, had, we, had, we had Sexton crash out. Sexton was checking out, gone, crashed out. Mm-hmm. Adam crashed out. You know, Adam was faster. Adam, Adam and Sexton pulled him. It was early, but they pulled him. They yep. both crashed. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so one, what did he? He's gone what? Thirteen, uh, one, five. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'd be interested to see. Maybe want to maybe some scrape some data or something. But like leaving round three, he has fifty four points. Like, how far different is that than last year when he won the title? I don't know the answer off the top of my head. But right, right. Um, probably not crazy different. I wouldn't no, think. Like, no. No, <laughs> I don't. He didn't have a thirteenth bad last year, but I mean, he had some sevenths and eights and right. things, if I remember right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if he's stressing. I know he rode that that Monday after Houston won, um, and I don't know if that was like, holy shit, we're way off base. We gotta we gotta figure something out here. Or if it was just trying to um, stay loose and, and ride a little bit. No, um, it was. Uh, it was. I, they I, changed. They changed the forks. He he had a setting yeah. that. Kind of he rode last year that he really liked, and then after that round one, they they changed the forks. Okay, so yeah, they are. That shows me there is a little, maybe not panic, but but they they aren't satisfied and they're they're searching to be to try and get better. So um, I guess that's good and bad on both both sides, right? Like one side yeah. they're they're trying to make improvements, and they did. They won the second round, but um, that also tells me they they're not like trusting in what they got. They're, yeah. they're trying to make some changes. So yeah. 702-586-7857. Give us a call, and uh, we got some few lines open. Brian's on four. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Brian. What's up, guys? What's up? How are we? Good, man. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't even hear the, I didn't hear the connection. Sorry. Okay, so, uh, so I don't need to apologize because it's going to sound like I preemptively – or preemptively apologize because it's going to sound like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning for two things. Uh, for the first thing, one is – so at the beginning of the year, I had five winners uh, that I thought would obviously win races. Kenny was not one. Obviously, I'm going to be dead wrong there. Um, but I also think with what we've what, what we've seen in three rounds, and it's three rounds, Cooper and Barsha and Kenny are the three guys. I think that that does not bode well for Kenny because of I, I think those two will absolutely get in his head. But I wasn't sure, you know, I wasn't sure if Kenny's body was going to crumble like an egg yolk because we don't know what Kenny is from, you know, from week to week. So I wasn't sure. That's why I picked him not to win a race. But obviously I'm going to be wrong on that. Um, but the other thing that I was thinking in the 250 class, dude, I am off board the Christian Craig bandwagon. And, and I mean, like I'm, I feel like I'm rooting against him 
because wow, geez. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's why I said it's going to sound like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But here's the thing. I don't think you can really tell people that you were the lowest of lows. Nobody believed in you. Oh, yeah. He had a factory ride. Really? Yeah, nah, it's no, it's no. an old on, it's an old trope, uh, brain. You know what I mean? That these yep. guys do that. Yep. They tell themselves that. Like, yeah, I mean, yep. he, he he got suspended. You know, he he got caught with with some stimulants in his system and got suspended. So I imagine at that point he was pretty low and pretty out of it. But but I'm with you. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know that. And the emotional yeah. low, I, I right. agree. And that's what I meant. And I should have I should have prefaced that by saying the emotional low. Yeah, yeah. Nobody believed in you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know, I know. It's the same as J- the way, it's the same as J Mark working in the dealership. <laughs> you know, J Mark got all mad at me. It's the same thing. I'm just like, come on, man. You know, but yeah, yeah. whatever. So whatever works. I don't right. know. Right. But those, whatever those, those works. Those were my two uh, negative thoughts, I suppose. Right. I apologize for bringing it down. No, no problem. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you, boys. Uh, what about that, Charles? Uh, is is Webb and Barsha like the worst guys for Kenny to battle with? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're Kenny, I know he's upset about how things went at H3, but um, the last person you want to be in any kind of battle with, especially late in the race, is Cooper Webb. Yeah. Looking back on how that's, that's developed over, I don't know how many times Cooper Webb's passed Ken Roxon. I, can, I can think of four I mean, off the top of my head. There's probably yeah, more, but I can think easy. of four. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, if I'm Kenny, I, I want nothing to do with Cooper Webb down the stretch mm-hmm. in a race or a championship. And Cooper, I know I mentioned Joey running off sort of confidence, and Cooper's the same way. I mean, he, this I don't know that this is how it's going to play out, but this win, running down and passing the guys, I think uh, this could change Cooper Webb's outlook on how he, he races in the next few few races and late, late down the stretch here in the championship. Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, just like we talked about with Christian and, and building yourself up and, and, you know, giving yourself this confidence that you need as, as, a, as a guy, uh, Webb Web feeds off that too, big time. They all totally. do. They all do. Totally. But, 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 yeah, Webb really, really feeds off that. Uh, so Millsaps was in the studio on Monday, and uh, good show. He offered a lot of perspective. He was talking about, like, hey, Kenny, all you had to do was follow Dean in the main line over the wall mm-hmm. and all of that, and then, and then out of that section and then um, – and go inside and go after inside, that right? Little, yep. and, and then and you're probably fine. You're probably fine, <laughs> right? I agree. I can. I've watched it a few times, and I, I think Kenny. Obviously, you're in the moment, and it's we're talking split second decisions with you know the race on the line and yeah. a guy right in your ass that you know is going to come for you. Right. So it's difficult, but I think that little double double, which they were going three one sometimes, but yep. he couldn't do it with Dean in the way. I think he went two, and then kind of like dorked out for a second because he didn't know which way Dean was going to go, and he, he made the wrong decision in that moment. He went left to go outside of Dean when he should have checked up a little bit and yeah. just went inside, but yeah. that's easy from a couch, obviously. Oh, but, it is, for um, sure. If, if he goes double, double, or even double, single, single, and far inside, he still gets through that next section the way I think he could have got through it well enough to stay yeah. in front of Cooper into that next turn, and then... And then I think he's he's probably got it from there. There's not a lot of passing after that next section. No, no, not at all. And uh, yeah, interesting to to see what happens. Uh, you've been surprised with Barsha? Yeah, yeah, I have. Dude, Honestly, yeah, he's, he's he's good. He's you know, coming good. out and winning Houston one was whatever. I mean, that's what he's done the last couple of years. But I I I don't want to say I could tell it was coming, but like you could see in the way he was riding, he was a little bit more confident and a little bit more um, comfortable. It seems. 
uh, on that bike. So I think he's he's going to be better than he has been. I think he's he's done this a few times where I think maybe two years ago he was even really good at like the second race or so, but then he got hurt at Anaheim two or something um, and kind of derailed things. But if he, he can stay healthy, I think he's he also thrives off of confidence and you give him a little bit of a little bit yeah. of room, a little yeah. bit of belief in himself. He's I, be dangerous. I, before Houston three, I was talking about him and I'm like, look, people, he's good. I get it. Uh, but he was in fourth, two points back of Webb in third at Daytona after Daytona. You know what I mean? On the Yamaha. So he was right there. He wasn't, you know, wasn't out of it or anything yeah. else. He was still very impressive. But the eye test is different. After Houston three, I start <laughs> I started thinking about it and I'm like. This guy's really good. I mean, uh, you know, like, different. yeah, he, I, you know, so I might have to walk that one back a little bit. I was, look, I'm blue crew, Chuck, so I know, <laughs> I, know I, you know, I call it as, as I see it, but I'm like, hey, everybody, remember, he was damn good last year. Like, on the, you know, it's not like he's stuffed up a massive amount, but the eye test as far as passing a Tomac back and just how balls mm-hmm. out fast he was, uh, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, maybe this is different. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he, he just seems a little more cocky, like, puts a little, you know, a little bit extra on not for him on passes, but like you can tell he believes he's going to pass the guy in front of him. Yeah, right? like it's not like he's yeah. holding guys up or like I'm going to start in the front and hopefully I can, yeah, block people as they're trying to pass me. Like right. he, he feels like he's moving forward. It looks like. Yep. How worried would you be if you were Scuba Steve and the Rockstar guys about Jason Anderson start? Pretty worried. <laughs> I don't know if you have that button still. Uh, panic, um, the panic button? Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah. but I would, be, I would be dusting it off. I don't know that I'm blasting it yet, only three races in, but I'm finding it. It's been pretty rough. Right, I mean, yeah. At no point has he ever, like, kind of looked good or stood out. or, And maybe he's just a start away from running up front and changing all of our minds, but yep. I haven't seen much. It yeah. makes me think things are positive there. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Like, I mean, obviously, look, he broke away from Baker. Uh, we know that. He won the first moto of the year away from Baker, and everybody was like, see, see? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was a that was a Chad Reed Hangtown 2011 moto. Remember on a Cowie? <laughs> yeah. 2010? Yeah. yeah. 2010? Uh, whatever year that was. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. 21, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, to me, was on, on par where you were just WTF. Um, mm-hmm. But so he, you know, he had that in his back pocket, but... Man, I just think it's not even the the workload at Baker because you can replicate that. It's just the competitiveness week in and week out of riding with these three other guys. Yeah. And so, I don't know, man. Maybe he's happy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. And I think this might be a contract year for him. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, they're uh, all up. All three guys are up. So I don't, I don't know. Like I, he keeps going. You know, barely around the top ten or even on the backside of the top ten. Like that doesn't do well for his stock because I think he. You know, he's he's a former Supercross champion. There's yeah. not many of those in the sport. No. Right? Like, those are rare. Right. Um, but, again, just like we, we talked about with um, Forkner earlier, everybody has pretty short-term memories in this sport. So um, you do a whole 17 races of 15s and 8s like he's getting now, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that Supercross champion price goes down quite a bit, and that's not what he wants. So, yeah. We'll see. Uh, 702-586-PULP. Charles Castleu for 100% on the line. Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Pro Taper, uh, our buddy uh, Randy over there at Pro Taper, uh, he picked up the Star Racing guys. So he's got to supply bars, uh, Charles, for 42 different guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I used to be the Pro Taper guy, and that, that would be a, a 
Big order. Yeah. It's a lot of product to fill. It's a lot just of product. To, just to get everybody, because they're all different bins and this oh. and that, and, you know, they need practice bike and race bike and, and spare. And, like it's, and do they want to run the crossbar? Do they want the original Pro Taper? What do they want, right? All right. Um, yeah. yeah Star, Star Racing Yamaha, stuff. Chaparral Honda, Rockstar Husky, all using Pro Taper, uh, but they're used by riders of all levels, from grassroots, local amateurs to world champions. Check out the complete product offering at the local Tucker Power Sports dealer. Your favorite retailer or protaper.com. Uh, please check these guys out. They've invented this crossbarless bar back in 1991, and they continue the 30-year legacy of innovation through products like the Micro Bar and the new self-engaged launch assist system, the first start device that you can easily set by yourself, protaper.com, uh, on board with us, of course. Um, what else, Chuck? I meant to text you and kind of pick your brain a little bit. Does anything we we not we haven't talked about uh, is something that caught your eye or something I'm missing uh, from your takeaways from the first three, either either class in that way? Um, I think Osborne, not just because he's an FMF vision athlete, but yeah. I think he's the most weird, sneaky, 10-place <laughs> yeah. in points after three rounds yeah. And, yeah. that I've ever seen. Like yeah. he, He's been good. He's been not great, but good yeah. and totally fine and better than 10-place in points right. for sure. He's like a couple weird little odd mistakes away from being, you know, uh, I, third in points or something. I, I texted him and told him, hey, if it's any consolation, Zacho, you're the fastest 10 10 9 rider in Supercross history. Yep, he, he didn't, I would agree with that. He didn't, he didn't seem to care. And um, uh, Plessinger's been been good. Nothing outstanding. You know, he started up front some. Right, so, right. you know, they've said his name on TV and maybe yeah. people are paying more attention. But, like, he's been fine. Not, not Again, not outstanding, but I yeah. think a, a big step in the right direction compared to previous years for him. Yeah, I, I think, like, I, look, anything can happen, but AP going and winning multiple Supercrosses and and being a podium and a title guy, I don't know if that was ever going to happen, right? But there's no reason why he can't be a 5-10 to 10 guy every single week, in my eyes. Sure. You know, like, like, yeah, I, like a Jake Weimer, like a Tim Ferry, uh, you know, type those types of guys. Yeah, I, I had a little higher hopes of him coming off out of the 250 class. Um, yep. Winning, what, three titles, right? Um, right. And just knowing his stature and his success, I, I worked with him pretty closely when he was an amateur. And, man, he was really good on a 450 as an amateur, just, I think, because he was bigger than most other kids. But um, So I kind of thought that would translate to a little bit more successful 450 career. But it hasn't panned out that way. And right. this is a contract year for him. So depending how the season goes and where he lands, like, you know, it's, maybe there's a big turnaround and he becomes more successful. But for now, I think he's he's on the right track. Like he's, yeah, well, you can tell he believes in himself a little more. He's starting up front a little more. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. No, I think his Houston one was good. I told him uh, after Houston one that his heat race where he came up and passed Coop and and or he didn't actually get Coop, mm-hmm. but he caught him and then he made a mistake. Yeah, I said you've already been better uh, this year than uh, than you were all, right. all of last year. And, and and so his Houston two, he crashed late. Uh, wasn't great, but the Houston three was okay. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with all of this for sure. And in, right. you know, you got to block it. Start st- stacking blocks. What you said earlier, and yep. and with with yep. AP, I think I think you're totally right. Um, and Ferrandis has been the same way. Like that third was impressive. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, we'll see what or second. Sorry, second. Uh, second or third? Yeah. Wait. Second. Second. Yeah. Second. Uh, it was damn impressive. Uh, yeah, Bright Brighton got third. Um, so yeah, he's. He's figuring it out also. So, he, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch because J-Mart has pretty much publicly come out and been like, yeah, Star gave me a path to 450. So I really – that's why I went with them and not Mitch. You know, and, and, so, and yeah, so you're, you're those other guys. You're looking at it going, well, shit, which one of us is out? Yeah, 
right? Exactly. So, yeah, who knows yeah. about that? Uh, let's take some phone calls. fourth. I don't see. Why not? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Stark, Stark can have four, 450s, right? Right, 100%. Uh, Jared, what's going on? You have a question about Chase Sexton? Yeah, I was wondering about Sexton. You know, he was going so fast in that one race. Him and Adam both riding Stewart's house, and it looked like there was shadows of the cow out there. Yeah. I was wondering if you could tell if, as far as their setup went, if there were like two by fours in the forks or not. No, I haven't. I haven't been able to tell if Stu's doing that. Uh, if Stu's helping him that way. But uh, good question. We got to let you go. A lot of background noise. Um, to me, Charles Sexton's been AC. Just he got hurt earlier. He's going to miss rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indy first, Indy one, Indy two. He's going to miss that. Um, and um, you know, then he's coming back maybe for Indy three. Now Adam waited till later, but. Uh, balls fast in practice, qualified fastest a couple times now in different practices and uh, leading the race and looking amazing and then going down. Like, this is just AC. Same level to me. Yeah, same. Yeah, same same sort of thing as, as last year with AC. And right. um, they're very similar, right? They're both super fast. Uh, I would be interested to know, like, I have no idea how much Stu is actually, like, hands-on with Chase at the track. Like, I know he's helping them and whatever, but, like, is it every day? Like Stu's out there in the I think front. it is. Yeah, I've talked to I talked to Adam. I talked to Adam a little bit. He's he's there a lot. Yep. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I know Stu's incredible, but like I never knew how much he really because he's so quiet, I guess. But how much he really like knew how to do, explain, put into words what he was doing. Like I always pictured Stu as just like a, I don't know, man, just grab fifth and go wide open across those. I don't. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I don't know yeah, if he yeah. really knew right. how much, like, how to translate what the hell he was doing because he was just so I'm with you. good at and, it. Right? And when you talk to the Cali guys or you talk to the guys at L&M, they're like, dude, his bike setup stuff that he wanted, it's just crazy, you know, and the stiff forks and, the, you know, and all of that. And, it, you know, but then Ricky, Ricky was low and slow in the back and it wouldn't get him to the whoops, but it worked, right? And, and everyone tried to switch yeah. his mind. So I don't know. Uh, some people are like, James was out to lunch with his setup. Those Suzuki years, he was going between an air fork and an oil fork, and uh, and then he was going uh, or spring fork and an air fork, and then he was changing to one of those hybrid forks for a while. And and uh, I talked to Mike Webb a lot uh, back then, and you know Mike indicated that James is lost, you know, uh, setup wise. Yeah. So I'm with you, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, he just seems like, so yeah, damn talented. Picture, right? <laughs> yeah, I pictured him as just like I don't know, man. I just. Just jump four of those things. I don't like. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like. I don't know they put four bumps in front of me. I just jump all of them. Right. What's it's wrong with you? If I just right. go. Yeah. If I just go wide open across these whoops, like it's just it's easier if you just go as fast as you can across them. <laughs> like I, I picture not a lot of thought or like. Yeah. Like translation into how to do it, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he. Yeah. yeah. He no. It. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Uh, let's go to a phone call here from Brian. Uh, Brian, what's going on? You want to talk about Christian Craig? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about with Anderson uh, possibly leaving the team and Christian, Christian uh, Craig moving up. Do you think he jumps on that team and, uh, or could jump on that team and be like uh, Osborne and make that extra leap with all, uh, Alden Baker um, program and stuff like that? Yeah, good question. What do you think, uh, Charles, for his 450 prospects? Like, could Christian – Look, we, we saw him at Paula last year. Uh, he's putting some good rides, 450 outdoors. Uh, what do you What do you think? He's he's a good 450 rider for sure. Um, I just don't don't know where there's like a logical fit. You know, like uh, all the teams 
sort of have their their guys, right? Like, I guess Rockstar Husky is that I couldn't hear what Brian said, but um, yeah. I think that all their guys are up. But like, if you're you're them, do you you clip Anderson in favor for Christian Craig? I don't I don't know. You don't get rid of Osborne, like. Yeah, I, I, Christian. I wasn't sure yeah, with the sure. rumor with Jason maybe possibly leaving. That's why I say that. Yeah, Jason. You know, there's yeah, lots of rumors, yeah. Charles, about Bobby Hewitt coming back and Jason teaming up with Bobby. Yeah. And you know, I, who knows? But there's definitely rumors out there for that. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Christian's a great 450 guy. Um, I just don't know where that that fit is. Right. 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 Yeah. It's weird I, to see. I'm with you too. And he's 29. So like. Yeah, he you know he's like Osborne, like you know Zach doesn't have too many years left uh, at that kind of pay level and that kind of ride, right? Um, right he's yeah. just not going to be as yeah. as good. So, uh, Brian, you want the fly racing podium stand? You got a bike for it and everything? Yeah, yeah, I all would right. love that. All right, well, stay on hold, man, and we'll get you that fly racing podium stand. All right. Awesome, thank you. All right, thanks for calling in. Fly racing Moto sixty show, brought to you by Pro Taper, FMF Vision, Maxis, and the folks at Get and Athena. Uh, a few more calls here uh, before we let you go. Todd, what's up, man? What's your question? Steve, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling in. How, how are you liking that new e-bike? I love it, man. First ride yesterday, and uh, I love it. All the stuff that I wanted them to do, they did for this year's model. So uh, really nice. good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm new to the – my son actually bought me a new e-bike, so I'm new to the yep. e-bike family. So I look forward to hearing some of your input on upgrades and all that kind of cool yeah, stuff. No, that, yeah, no. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it, man. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, a couple questions for you, real quick. No uh, triple crowns this year, yes or no? No triple crowns. They uh, they they said at first there would be, and then I, I don't know if the team Charles, did you hear if there was teams pushback or, or what, what the reason was for no triple crowns this year? I, I didn't hear anything. My assumption is just because there's so much up in the air with yep. COVID and moving stadiums and stuff. It was like the hell yeah. with it. Just keep it simple. Right. I, I agree. I agree. So yeah, no triple crowns. So real quick on the, I'm a big, big fantasy guy playing playing on these these uh, with you guys. Probably don't want to talk about scores because mine are terrible this year. Don't know if no, go I don't want to talk not. about it. Yeah, no, neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. So thank you very much. So what do you think the chances are? I mean, when during the Triple Crown events, the majority of the fantasy players will opt to play during those events more so than the regular events, right? You think that's that's. I, I'm I'm leery to pick the FFLs without the triple crown. Oh yeah, I'm event. sorry. I, I can't oh, catch yeah. that. Yes, yes, 100. percent I only pick them at triple crowns. I really only Agreed. unless uh, unless yeah. like I'm starting to look at Craig or Nichols for yep. for indie races. You know, yep. it's, we're starting to get a Nichols little out, right? He's out, isn't he? No, Nichols is is in. He is. Yeah, Colt Nichols. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, he's in. Oh, I thought he got hurt. No. Okay, whoop! No. I heard some something wrong there. Right. So, so so here's my question: Do you think? If the, if we up the ante, you know, on the triple crown events where it makes it, I don't know if I want to if it, say say it was a hundred points to win, but if you miss it, you lose a hundred points. Would that change your mind, Steve? Of, of I mean, that would be a big swing to gain points or lose points. Would you do it, or you know, if the stakes were higher? Um, no, I probably not. Not like that much. No. No, I, yeah. think, I think I'd be out. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure how people would look at that because I'm all up for him making making up points because I'm not again not doing too uh, well you this can year. S- keep swinging for the fences. The seven deuce deuce yeah. is waiting for you. Ex- so. Exactly. <laughs> hey, last last thing is how is uh, how's Woodcock? I saw he went down. Is he okay? Have yeah, he, he broke his back. I uh, didn't have any feeling initially, but I I just saw an update from him a couple days ago, and yeah, he's getting feeling okay. back and all that. So it looks like he'll he, looks oh. like he's going to rebound. So. Yeah. Good, good deal. Okay, man. All right, That's all I got you. for you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. Of course, I had him in Pulp Max Fantasy.
Woodcock, Charles. Oh, of course. Ouch. So, um, you know, ouch. that's how that works. Um, well, I had some, somebody else that probably didn't make the main anyway. So Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely terrible. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, Maxis Git, FMF Vision, Pro Taper. Chuck, before we let you go, uh, give us your winners for Indy 1 on Saturday. Indy 1 on Saturday. I will go Jet Lawrence, get the first one. No, he's got to win already. Um, he's got to win. Remember? Houston 2. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. sorry. Uh, Jet. Jet and yep. um, Kenny gets it done. Yeah, I think Kenny gets an, a win in Indy. I do think that uh, uh, at some point in the three races. So um, if he doesn't, yeah. if Webb gets him again late, that might be it, Chuck, for Kenny. He might just retire. <laughs> so Like just pack it in? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So. I, if, if Cooper Webb runs through a few guys like in the pack and gets up and gets another win at, at – uh, Indy one, I think that's it's bad news for the rest of the rest yeah. of the guys for the series. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he starts snowballing wins like that, like it's yeah, no, starts, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Tough to beat. Uh, cool, man. I say Kenny gets it done though. I I think so at one point. So thanks, Chuck. Thanks for coming on. Hundred uh, percent, of course. FMF Vision, uh, all linked in together. So thanks for coming on, buddy. Yep, no worries. All right, thanks. Uh, from there, we go right into Fly Racing. Flyracing.com. Zone Pro goggle. Uh, Justin Brayton, podium with that. So nice debut for those guys over there. It's uh, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good. Uh, Indy 1, 2, and 3 coming up. Um, going to be soft and ruddy and a track that will break down. And uh, this time of year, of course, being there. Uh, it is going to be, I predict, chaotic. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what everybody's kind of expecting. Uh, this is the earliest we've ever been to Indy that I know of. So that should, I mean, it's been really colder this week, like in the teens all week. So you got to believe that dirt's going to be frozen and frozen dirt when it thaws gets really soft and ruddy and frozen becomes wet. So I think especially at the first round, and I think you'll just see that, that uh, start to play out, right? The first one will be the worst one. The second one will be a little better. And then by the following Saturday, I think you'll have a, a fairly reasonable racetrack. Um, I, I'm just interested to see to what degree are we, how soft are we really going to be? Because, you know, in years past, if you went back, I guess, maybe three years or longer, uh, you would have had tons of lime put into the dirt, which would have a, a pretty neutralizing effect to all that. But I don't know that they're going to go down that path anymore. So we could be really set up for a, a pretty wet and sticky racetrack. Which uh, will produce a lot of uh, crazy results. And is there a guy that it favors in your eyes and a guy it doesn't? I think uh, Marvin has a chance to really benefit. Um, but I really look at the guys who the track just in general will favor. Um, and, and it wouldn't be just one. I, I think Ferrandez falls into that category. I think Marvin falls into that category. I think Zacho could bounce back nicely, although I worry a little bit about Zacho's mistakes. He's, he's prone to mistakes, and I think this track will be jumping up and grabbing people. Um, but but I think the person that may benefit championship-wise the most would be Cooper Webb. This kind of stuff, too, takes incredible fitness. It, it's so tiring. I mean, Yeah, it, you know. it does, but it, at the same time, the track slows down significantly. Um, and any time the track slows down that much, you have a lot more time to, to catch your breath, in my opinion. Uh, so, so, yes, it will take some physical strength, and um, you're going to have to be on your toes the entire time. But I always felt like these tracks were just a little bit slower, and the pace is just much uh, less intense. 
Um, so you could kind of pick your spots. And, and some parts of the track, you just really can't override it. So guys are going to be riding at 75 to 80% some parts of the track if it does break down that much. So I wrote about, I talked to Charles about this off the top here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, 702-586-7857. we got a few lines open if you want to give us a call. Um, I talked to Charles about this off the top of the show. Like, Tomac has one win, but I wrote in my column this week, like, it's kind of been a little not that impressive. He, he's gone 11 or 13, 1, and 5, and Barsha caught him past him uh, twice in uh, Houston 3. Uh, Sexton and AC dropped him before they went down, before his win. Uh, mm-hmm. Osborne was catching him. Ferrandis was catching him. Like I feel bad, and I'm not shitting on him because that, uh, you know, that's that's a little too harsh. But dude, I'm, I haven't been that impressed uh, through three rounds. But he's got a win, so I'm so confused. Are you saying he's just a guy? I don't know. I don't think okay. I have. I don't think I have a judgment yet. But I've not. For a guy that has a win in three races, mm-hmm. I, I think I've been the less, the least impressed with Eli Tomac in recent years. Yeah, to me, it's it's a little bit more continuation of what we saw in the summer. And I think all of us kind of brushed it off as a little bit of a Supercross hangover. But it's starting to feel a little bit more like um, either the pack caught up speed-wise a little bit or he's just lost half a step for whatever reason, right? It could be a myriad of reasons that that could happen. But with, with Tomac, whether it's indoors or outdoors, the one thing he's always had is when he's feeling it, really no one can ride with him, you know, and that's not an every weekend occurrence. It's usually once every couple rounds where he would just be the fastest guy by far on the racetrack, and everybody kind of knew that it was his race to lose. We really haven't seen that yet, um, not at any point really. You know, even in his win, Osborne and those guys were catching him, and, and you could say, yeah, he was, he was just uh, kind of gauging them and, and exerting when he had to, but at the same time, I always kind of felt like when he would get out front like that, he would just disappear. You know, that's a, a scenario in years past where he would be 10 or 12 seconds out front given the lead he had. So we'll see where this goes. It's only January, and typically January has been a very rough month for Eli, so maybe he's maybe he's just kind of managing the series as we go here. Uh, but as these rounds roll on, if we don't see any sort of dominant speed at any point, we're going to have to kind of reassess where we think, you know, or where his upside really is. Doesn't mean he can't win the title. Doesn't mean he can't win races. But maybe he just lost that overwhelming speed edge that he had. Now, having said that, with the ruts and the moto cross type conditions we may see this weekend, he could just crush mm-hmm. him. He could crush him on Saturday. You know? He like, could. Yeah. He yeah. could. I, I'm personally not expecting it, though. I, I don't think so. I, I think even if he wins, um, it's going to be pretty tight. I just haven't seen him go out and really show a, a real big edge over anybody, even uh, you know whether the track's perfect or whether the track's super beat up. Um, he just seems to fall in with the rest of the elite, and that, that's fine. He's right with the guys that can win in podium, but he doesn't have a significant advantage over them right now, or right. it seems anyway. Yeah, I mean, Brayton, Brayton told me, I think publicly, he's just like, look, I'm not coming from 12th to, to 3rd. I'm, yeah. I'm not coming from 12th well, to 3rd. And, and, and so and maybe it, that's you know that's where Tomac's at. Maybe he can I be better know. than Brayton. Maybe he can do yeah. better than Justin, but, not, but he's not coming from 15th to the win or whatever. And we'll just have to see because it's really the same guys that he used to do it to. So unless something's changed with him, I, I don't personally feel that everybody just got better. That, that's really not realistic in my mind to think that just everybody took a step forward that doesn't really happen 
you know, if, if he was unable to chase down Webb or Roxon or somebody in a specific season, I would believe that because guys get better. You know, the bike changes and, and they improve their off-season program or whatever. But it seems like it's a little bit more Eli unable to move than it is the pack just got better. Um, and, and as far as the Brayton thing, man, it's it's really tough to compare Tomac to Brayton. Their ability to charge through the pack is just they're completely different racers that way. Uh, Brayton is is very strong. He's kind of a front runner guy where he gets a start and he's very good at managing that pace. But if he starts tenth, he has a difficult time passing through the same guys that he could maybe hold off if he had started right. in front well, of him. Well, but but you know, Houston three was a prime example. Tomac wasn't wasn't coming. You know what I mean? Like he was came up a little bit. He got by yep. Anderson. You know what I mean? And and, and but. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a better version of Brayton, right? Uh, yeah, of and it, yeah, it is a little concerning if you're if you're Tomac or his team, uh, for him to not be able to show that, which he's always kind of had. Um, I think everybody's probably not. There's certainly no reason to panic. That's way overstating it. But I think they're maybe scratching their heads a little bit, wondering where the speed, you know, maybe is. Uh, how fun has it been to watch Justin Barsha to start the year? He's just fun, fun. Uh, heat races, mains. Falling down, slamming guys, winning, uh, whatever it is, uh, I love to watch Justin Barsha. He looks great, and I think I've been more impressed with his motorcycle than anything else. I just haven't seen his bike do very many things wrong. Um, It looks great in the whoops. It looks like he can turn anywhere he wants. His starts are incredible, uh, and he just looks so, so confident on the bike, and he just seems to trust it fully. And you can kind of see when riders don't trust their bike. And, and we've seen Justin Barsha be in that exact spot going back to last season. Whether the bike was good or bad, he didn't trust it. And that's the most important part. Um, because if you don't trust the bike, you're not going to take the chances that you would if you do. And you can just kind of see that playing out in his riding. Um, the one question I have, though, is as we move to different cities and move to different surfaces and terrains and traction levels, can he maintain that same level of trust where he, you know, because this was the same Justin Marshall we saw at Tacky and, and Rutted Tracks last year on the Yamaha. But when we moved and we and we started getting some variety in the series, he wasn't able to maintain that level of performance that he was in the Tacky conditions. Let's go to the phone calls here. Uh, this gentleman's been on hold for a little while. It's John. John, what's going on, man? What's your question? What's up, buddy? What's um, up? I got the Atlanta Supercross coming up. I know Indy's uh, this weekend, but... Yeah. Atlanta's in the Motor Speedway this year. Yep. And uh, so I'm thinking maybe uh, like early to mid 90s type conditions because it's been, you know, wet this year. Yeah. I don't want it to be any different during that time. And do you see uh, I'm building like a, a Charlotte 97, 98 style track or, um, or uh, like traditional Supercross? I think it'll be more traditional Supercross, but Charlotte 97 was also. It just rained. Um, yeah, it was just really long and really fast. Yeah, I mean, they were limited a little bit. Like, I don't know where they're going with the Speedway. I don't know the Atlanta Speedway layout, but, I mean, I think it'll be more traditional type of Supercross. They're not going to do a Daytona for these. But, but JT, we'll see bad weather at these at some point in these three Atlantas. You think so? I, I mean, I mean it's, from everybody it's I talked to, you know, it's like, yeah, it'll rain at some point. I would point. say, like, 80% chance. So you know we may well, I, we may have I mean, a, I don't, somebody. I don't know how you can predict an eighty percent chance of rain for a race in April. Well, he lives there. Yeah, well, I, I know, but that's still like, like two days <laughs> we're, we're like sixty days out or or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah. it could rain. You know, the whole thing with Supercross, it could rain on Monday and the track would be fine on Tuesday. You know, it's they have 
capabilities of covering the track and and how many times have we seen now and, and this is Weege's kind of big talking point how many times have we seen it rain even the morning of the race and it's still fine so um i'm not super concerned with weather because i don't think it's any different than racing at daytona or racing at uh, east rutherford stadium or oakland or anaheim or anywhere else you know it's it's kind of the same thing uh, I think the biggest variable is just the the layout. You know, we're going to see that long straightaway. I, I think that's just because what the speedways have to offer. Um, you know, Charlotte, going back to Charlotte years ago, we raced from one end of the speedway to the other kind of thing, and you just had this endless straightaway. Um, and I kind of like it. It was it was fun as a racer. It adds a little bit of variety, and you know that you'll. I'm sure they'll have great Georgia clay there. So um, I'm I'm cool with it. We'll see how it plays out. You know, maybe we never go back there if it's not great. Um, but I think I always kind of believe that the series needs more variety because we've been doing the same thing for 40 years. All right, John, thanks for the call, man. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Kyle's on four. Kyle, what's up, man? Everything's going good. It's good to talk to you guys. I've thought about this for a while, and I just want to get your educated input on this. I've thought about, like, you know, you, we talk about the quality of riders and um, how the – you know, the competition's really tightened up in recent years. You know, we have more of a stat class than we've ever had in 450. How, what percentage or how, what's your guys' input on this? How much of a factor do you feel like with where science has gone as far as the science of nutrition, the science in, and data collection and training, also how close the bikes are now? Do you think that this is kind of everything started to finally equalize a little bit, which is why the field's gotten so tight and you don't have those standout guys that just run away with it for several years yeah i believe that's happened i don't know what percent you could say that this is where we are now but absolutely you look at the the baker's program has been copied by different people uh riding together and doing things um the nutrition is better yeah i mean i think you get you get better every year the teams get better you know efi and and um and mapping and everything else uh, um has improved and gotten smarter uh, so JT, I, I think Kyle's onto something. I think that that's that's something we're seeing now. What percent you can yeah. say that is? I don't know. Yeah, of course. JT, I mean, it's... whenever you were, whenever you're racing, JT, did you guys have like a really clear roadmap of your nutrition and training, or has that? Do you feel like that that's come light years in the last fifteen to twenty years? Um, I mean, yes and no. Nutrition wasn't super critical in my opinion. Um, I, I think that's. Alden puts more emphasis on that than than most because he's very big on um, basically power to weight. So he he wants really optimal performance based off of being super light. Um, but it just depends on on kind of how you feel. I always felt like I needed all the calories I could get because I was burning so many. But the the riding wise, yeah, I mean having a training program isn't all that new, right? Whether you were Ferry or Reed or any of these guys, they all had a, a program laid out. I mean, Michael Byrne had a, you, you do a certain amount of laps and a certain amount of days, and you just followed that. And that, if you trusted it, it usually paid off. And it, it kind of took the guessing game off. You know, when you woke up, it wasn't like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today. I'll just do some sprints. Like, you had a week laid out, and you're like, okay, Monday we're going to do 20s, Tuesday we're going to do some heat races and then work in sprints and then some technique stuff, and then you just kind of just executed that, and then it took all the guessing game off. And I think if you look at, like, Ryan Dungey, who worked kind of on his own for many years, that you know, and Steve, you know this as well, that was one of the things that he really wanted out of the Alden Baker program was to take that guessing out of it, right? He just put his trust in someone else 
do what he tells me to do, and if I do that, then success will follow. Yeah, I think uh, it's a little bit of everything, Kyle. I think you're right. I think these guys are figuring it out a little bit more every single year, and uh, and that's where we're at now. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel like with do. training facilities? Do you think that plays a major role as well? Because basically you're able to tutor or mentor a bunch of kids in the same environment versus a kid that grow up in the sticks of wherever. Yeah, I do. And star, ride in a you know, star, yeah, star took that to you know, their own scrimmages and their own team practicing. Now they bought the goat farm, and they're going to do that. And, and you know, their success has been well chronicled. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think all these guys are learning a little bit from that, and, uh, and it's, and it's yeah. creating this field, you know. If I may offer an opinion with it, I mean, I, I love 90s moto and everything, and it was fantastic, and I like the freeness of it because there right. was a little more, there's just more liberties taken, and the people are more, seem to be, they could be more personable without offense or teams getting all right. hurt about it. Right. Um, it definitely seems now we've kind of come at an age where it's really, I think the racing's way tighter than it ever was back then, personally, and I feel like we have way more of a stacked field. There's never been a time I felt like, there's ten guys that could win a race on any well, given night. Well, let's let's wait a little bit. Let's see how it. You know, the the record for for wins is 1985. I think there were seven guys uh, who won oh, a wow. race. So, like, you know, let's let's wait to judge that. All the fields are stacked right at the beginning of the year. They're all like this, and we see the cream rise to the crop to the top. So, um, while I do believe we're more equal than we were, JT, uh, I'm going to hold off on judging this season three races in. You know? Yeah, it's going to yeah. be good, I think. Um, the biggest thing, obviously, we need to avoid is injuries, but it could be shaped up to be all-time. You know, you look at it, if, if Osborne could get back on track here, which, we, you know, you and I speaking with him, he's very frustrated. He feels like he should be in the mix. But coming down the stretch, if you could have four or five guys with a shot at this thing, that would be pretty awesome because, yeah. let's face it, we're used to having two at the most three. Like, yeah. I think going back to, like, even 2006, the most I've seen is three. Um, but it seems like all these guys are on a pretty level playing field, and we have a shot at it anyway. And, yep. and we're way early. Yeah. Uh, but that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sure thing. You guys have a great day. Thanks, man. Uh, last question here on the show from Doug. Doug, what's up? You got a goggle question? Yeah, I was always uh, mainly for JT and you, Steve, for like the EKS and the new fly goggle. Um, how come no one has ever came back out with the electronic roll-off? Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I think there's a company in Europe that makes makes something that goes to your bar, a button on your handlebar. Risk Racing does as well. Yeah, they have a Bluetooth model of that. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe it was one. maybe I was getting Risk mixed up with uh, Rip and Roll in Europe, but uh, Risk is in the U.S. of course. So yep. they're out there, Doug, a little bit. I don't know how well it works though. Alrighty. Yeah, I just I had one as right. a kid, a Scott version, and I just thought like with technology coming up as much yeah. as it has yeah somebody would have did it but well yeah. thanks guys have no, a good no uh, show and thank you go racing thanks yeah it's uh definitely an area where the the you know it's funny jt we're doing this you know i've had many team managers tell me like you know this this 25 dollar goggle ruins uh our million dollar program you know what i mean and you look at goggles and, and they've come a long way uh but they're still an issue for failures with, with goggles at, at races, you know? And, uh, yeah, so it's funny that way. We haven't – and I don't know. I don't have any ideas, but, you know, all the goggle companies are working on different stuff. But, man, it's still up in the air for goggles, you know? So. Yeah, I, I think their quality is pretty good. I mean, unless you're in some sort of really adverse conditions, goggles are pretty reliable, you know? 
the incident with Ricky where his lens popped out, it just took a rock to the lens, and just unfortunately, you know, he had an issue there. But, man, think about all the all the racing and all the practices and all the things that go on every single weekend at the races, let alone at the practice track and without issue. You know, it's very, very rare that something goes wrong that, you know, causes a problem. Um, so the unfortunate thing is when it does, it gets all the attention, right? It'll be yeah. one out of a thousand times and it'll get all the attention. So I understand it. I just think it's it's pretty rare these days. The quality is, is pretty good, and there's a lot of brands out there doing a good job, I think. I don't know why Fly for the Zone Pro goggle, they don't bring back that lens that had, like, skulls and stuff in it that Scott had. <laughs> the, um, the, the hologram? Holograms. Like, why don't you put a gargoyle, yeah. a gargoyle lens? Out. Scott did that. They had a. They had it just a few years ago. They brought it back. They did. Oh wow. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Like, uh, man, it's it's probably been three or four years ago, but they did. All right. I'm gonna ask Johnny. Had like the bullets and the and the lens and all that cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Usually at the end of this show, I ask you who's going to win the race, but since we're not doing a show until uh, next Thursday, there'll be two races. Um, who's holding the points lead after Indy One and Indy Two in both classes? Who's holding the points lead? Two fifty class. I believe that. Uh, I think Colt, I think Jet's going to win Saturday, but he's a few points back. So I'll say Colt's your points leader. I just think, I just don't think this track is perfect for Christian. Um, I think he'll be fine. He'll be on the podium. I think all three. I just don't know if he's going to win. And then uh, for the 450, I'm going to go Webb. I think Webb will win two out of three and be your points leader. Your points leader. All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Thanks yep. for joining us. Uh, are you jumping on the fantasy pod here, or what are you doing? I am. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit here. Uh, thanks, okay. thanks for coming good. on. All right. That's it, everybody. That's a wrap. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Thanks, Tits. Great work over there. Just fantastic work. Thank you. Just just yeah. amazing. I'm really trying. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing, Maxis, Get, and Athena Pro Taper. FMF Vision all on board with us. Thanks to Caslu and JT, as usual, for their uh, expertise in this. Next week, Thursday, we'll see you back here. Same show, same time, same Supercross talk. Thanks for listening.